Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. President Donald Trump arrives in the U.K. today for his first state visit, having already tested the so-called special relationship between the two countries. Blackstone has struck the largest private real estate deal in history, and U.S. tech companies are re-examining their supply chains as the U.S.-China trade war escalates. Plus, the FT's global technology correspondent, Tim Bradshaw, previews what's planned for Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference this week. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Outgoing Prime Minister Theresa May says she has a lot of confidence in the relationship between the UK and the US, despite a visit by Donald Trump already fueled with tension. Mr. Trump arrives in the UK today, having already broken international protocol by backing Boris Johnson in the Conservative Party leadership contest. He's also criticized the current Brexit talks, made the case for leaving the EU without a deal, and endorsed sending Brexit Party leader Nigel Farage to lead negotiations. Mr. Trump is also expected to threaten to cut security ties with the UK if it continues to do business with the Chinese telecoms company Huawei. The U.S. president is scheduled to meet the Queen today, and then we'll see Mrs. May on Tuesday. Blackstone has struck the largest private real estate deal in history. The alternative investment manager is buying the U.S. warehouse's portfolio of Singapore-based GLP for $18.7 billion. This includes net debt of $8 billion. The deal follows a prolonged bidding war for the assets against real estate and supply chain company Prologis, one person informed about the deal told the FT. The industrial warehouses total about 180 million square feet in space, nearly doubling the size of Blackstone's existing U.S. industrial footprint. This will cement the U.S. group as the world's largest diversified property owner. Warehouses and logistics businesses have come in demand thanks to the rise of online shopping. Amazon, which is the world's largest e-commerce company in terms of revenue, is GLP's largest tenant. U.S. tech companies are looking carefully at their supply chain partners amid the U.S.-China trade war. Several executives at multinational tech companies told the FT that they were pouring through their list of suppliers to see which ones may be targeted in the trade conflict, and what they might do if a key business was hit by sanctions from either the U.S. or China. Network equipment maker Cisco has already greatly reduced its manufacturing in China. Meanwhile, others say they're worried about buying from Chinese companies that make cameras, drones, and consumer electronics. Many companies were shocked when the Trump administration announced a series of measures targeting Huawei in May. The Commerce Department stopped U.S. companies from exporting to Huawei. Meanwhile, China announced it would launch its own blacklist of, quote, unreliable foreign entities, which could be restricted from selling in China. Many are worried that Beijing might also stop exporting rare earths, some of which are used in technology produced in China, like electric cars or drones. And here's more on one of today's big stories. The last year has been a roller coaster for Apple. Last August, the tech giant became the first public company to be worth more than $1 trillion. 
But just a little later in 2018, its stock price sank due to concerns over the U.S.-China trade war. Then, in January, it warned that iPhone sales would be a little lower than they previously anticipated. So with all that in Apple's rearview mirror, what's next? Every June, Apple holds an annual developer conference where thousands of app makers, large and small, all gather in Silicon Valley. Tim Bradshaw is the FT's global technology correspondent. That conference he mentioned, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, or WWDC, starts today and runs through Friday. Tim says the conference often contains subtle clues to the company's longer-term strategy. And it goes through the forthcoming software updates for iOS and for Mac and kind of gives a peek at the sort of general direction of travel and the things that it's focused on. So it started talking about health things before the Apple Watch came out. And it's much more important now than it used to be for Apple because the App Store in and of itself is something that generates tens of billions of dollars in revenue. And it is also the whole services business, which includes a bunch of subscriptions to Apple's own services products like music and iCloud cloud, but also other people's products that people subscribe to things like Spotify through the App Store. That is now, in the absence of iPhone growth, much more important for driving the top line going forward. So recently, the Apple App Store has faced legal challenges in the U.S. and in Europe. In the U.S., consumers are alleging that the App Store is anti-competitive. And in Europe, music streaming service Spotify is alleging something very similar. What's Apple saying? Apple has paid out $120 billion to developers over the App Store's lifetime. And Apple likes to say that this is something that has benefited both independent developers in their bedrooms and huge corporations alike and can be a sort of level playing field for that. The one wrinkle in that argument is that we have over time tended to see some of the most popular standalone apps, whether that's a torch or a calculator, actually get kind of built into the iPhone and iOS itself by Apple. And so although it is clearly an engine of economic development and kind of an amazing way to deliver software that's convenient for both developers and consumers. There is this phenomenon where Apple is increasingly competing with some of its own developers. And that is another area of tension that Apple will have to try and smooth over this week at WWDC. Another thing that's expected to make big news at WWDC has to do with a classic Apple app. What's happening there? Yeah, so it looks as though iTunes, as we know it right now, is going to go away, at least in brand form. So this was an app which was first created more than 15 years ago to power the iPod and was really the kind of backbone of the Apple renaissance that we've seen in the last 20 years. And so it's already been killed off as the main vehicle for managing music, which is the Apple Music app. And Apple is now trying to push people instead of buying individual songs and albums as downloads to subscribing to its streaming service. And music streaming is by far and away the most popular way of consuming music now, and it makes up the vast majority of the music industry's revenues. But there was this kind of rump of the old iTunes store, which was also, even though it's called iTunes, the main venue for selling downloads of TV and movies as well. So it looks as though that is going to go away and everything that's left of the music part will be rolled into the existing Apple Music app. Everything that's the other kind of video store will go into the new TV Plus app, which has just been relaunched following the last big Apple event in the spring. So iTunes, although many of the features will exist elsewhere, that brand will go away and another iBrand is gone. 
And what updates can we expect for Apple's iOS operating system? Yeah, so the main part of the developer conference will be previewing iOS 13, which tends to go in for beta testing in the next few months and then is generally released at the same time as the new iPhones come out every September. And it looks as though it's going to be more on the incremental tweaks to iOS and improving some of its existing apps like health or reminders, rather than a sort of wholesale overhaul that will suddenly make your iPhone unrecognizable. And so it's one of the features that people seem to be most excited about, for instance, is dark mode, which will effectively kind of flip your phone from being predominantly sort of white backgrounds to a predominantly grayscale kind of environment. And so if that doesn't sound that exciting, then I guess that tells us something about where iPhone and smartphone technology innovation is at in 2019 at the moment. It seems somewhat incremental to me, but maybe they'll pull a a rabbit out of the hat and surprise us with something. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be watching the global markets after the latest rift between Beijing and Washington. Over the weekend, China raised tariffs on $60 billion of U.S. goods. Meanwhile, the U.S. began collecting 25% tariffs on many Chinese goods as well. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 